Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from their past. Uh, On the show, we talk as much about what made playing the game fun, special, and memorable to our guests as we will uh, uh, dive into the context of when they had this meaningful time with it and anything, uh, any details that they want to share about their life or anything around this meaningful time. Um, That's what the show is. Uh, But as far as some housekeeping, uh, we've got a few ways that you can support the show. Uh, You can find us on social media. We're on both Instagram and Twitter. We're on Instagram at call me by your game pod and on Twitter at call me by your game. Uh, But there's just one Y in the Twitter uh, username. So it's B-Y-O-U-R. On both our social media platforms, you can find what episodes we have coming out, the cool art I make for every specific title that we talk about, uh, and you can learn a little bit about our guests and how to support them. Um, And there's also links in the show notes, so you can just click. You probably don't even have to type it in. Uh, You can also support the show by leaving us a five-star rating and review wherever you uh, listen to the show. I know most of our listener base, uh, which is something I can track now. Uh, our Spotify listeners, surprisingly, and by most, I mean just the largest chunk. Uh, but if you uh, leave one on the Apple Podcast Store, it's the only one I can publicly see. So if you leave a, you know, a five-star rating and then uh, a comment about the show, whether it's your favorite episode, something you'd like to see, or even just you know after listening to this one, just you're remarking how cool our guest is today, um, leave it there and I'll read it on the show. Or send me your review if it's anywhere else, and I'd be happy to read it too. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the game we're discussing for today. And then lastly is that you can support us on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash supernpcradio, where we have a ton of additional bonus video game content. If you like uh, hearing from me and the guests I have on these shows, chances are you're going to like a lot of the bonus uh, podcasts that you find there, which is uh, there's truly a treasure trove. We've been doing it for over two years. There's uh, almost 30 bonus episodes just of this show, and there's there's games clubs that we have. We just covered Metal Gear Solid and the Donkey Kong series this year. Uh, so there's a ton of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. If you're looking for another way to support us, uh, that's probably the best way you can do it, but that'll do it for the housekeeping, uh, to get us into the show. And we'll finally introduce our wonderful guest, uh, who's currently just stepping up to the microphone. Uh, please welcome Derek Mari. Hello. Hey, Connor. Thanks for having me, dude. Hey, you are so gosh darn welcome. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on for a bunch of reasons. Um, but one of being that we have, uh, we're of an, it, we're in an interesting situation. Where we have sort of circled each other for years. And by circled, yeah. I mean, we grew up in the same hometown. I knew your older brother at the time. And I remember hearing from Brennan about his brother, Derek and how Derek, Oh, you're, you're going to film school. Well, my little brother, he's a, he's a filmmaker and he wants to be a director and just heard about you for years. And then somehow you, I mean, you must've been taking classes at UCB, but I met you through the improv community. Right. But as soon as I saw your name, I was like, Oh, this has to be who I think it is. And uh, then we finally met, which is just, uh, just, you know, it's fun. It, I don't often, normally I, Modesto people, I know them there, and then if they live out here, I know them out here too. But it's it's never like I meet a Modesto person out here, uh, and then 
then we I start relinking the chains of how that happened. Uh, right. You're someone I, I heard your name quite often, but never, <laughs> especially for my brother. Yes. Um, and then when I finally met you, I was like, oh, you're a celebrity. Like, <laughs> you are from Modesto. You made it out. Congrats. There's a, there's a very special collective of us who have who have made that happen for ourselves. We've had several Modestans on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, another Modestan who uh, is also a part of the, you know, the comedy community that you and I both uh, run in is Jeremy Olson. Do you know Jeremy? I do just mutually. Okay. Did you know he's a Modestan? I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. And of course, we were just talking about uh, a couple of our friends uh, right before we started recording. But of course, Rachel Van Ness, famous yes. Modestan, of course. Yes, um, whose dog I am currently dog sitting. And yes. uh, you may hear me every once in a while turn to look at the door because, um, <laughs> I mean, hopefully she doesn't hear this and think I'm abandoning her yes. son, but he is <laughs> scratching at the door for me to let him in. Yes. Um, but uh, odds are good that Rachel won't be listening to this episode, but even if she does, we'll, <laughs> we'll assure her that Danny's in, in the best hands that he could possibly be. He's in good care. I love the little dude. Um, but yeah, I do feel like I've kind of gravitated to people uh maybe more broadly from the central valley california but i do feel like yeah rachel jeremy um i've met some other people from like you know fresno turlock yeah it's always like we really like had aspirations of getting out of that area and now pursue entertainment or comedy or whatever in los angeles yeah, it's uh it's absolutely a, a a different sort of uh bond and like kinship that you feel being just like sort of from the same area. Um so, you know, that's I mean that's how I knew I I knew of you, you know, being a Modestin and knowing your brother, but I know you also as a, a really funny person, a great improviser, but you're also a director. Um and I'll sort of I bring that up just to say like what do you want to share about yourself uh and tell the listener about paint the picture of who this Derek Mari is. Oh boy. You know, I was going through, you said something about having a treasure trove of episodes and it's so true. I mean, I was going through <laughs> your catalog, like trying to prepare for this and listening to so many fun, like mutual friends. And Will Hines said something that uh, we live in a society where we have to often write our own biographies and it's incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable, but yes, something we got to do. So here I go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I write and direct a lot of short films and sketch comedy, um, do the whole UCB thing. Uh, I, I've been working with Kyle Kasabian. Uh, I think he's also been on the pod, friend of the pod. This year, love Kyle. Yes, Kyle's great. I mean, he's a hilarious writer. He's so talented. He does a lot of sketch at UCB and he and I kind of partnered up this past year and we've done two sketches together. Nice. One was called fancy hat missing sun all-timer so good (laughs) like i'm gonna put at least a link to this sketch in the show notes because everyone has to see this i appreciate that yeah that was that was special because i think we both approached it being like we just want to i mean this is like coming out of covid and stuff yeah we're like we just want to make something fun and not put too much pressure on it Mm. and it really was like i think kyle has like this really stupid and i say that in a loving way (laughs) a stupid sense of humor and i really wanted to ground this film or this sketch in like a like a cinematic dramatic reality yes so those two things together just really and then Alyssa, Alyssa sabo who 
played Trish Cotton, our um, country music artist. She's just such a kooky character. I think those three things together uh, really made something special. And I was like yes. so blown away by the reception after we released it. Those are some uh, ki- some really fantastic ingredients that made a delicious, I don't know, uh, we'll, we'll compare it to a delicious cake or something. Um, <laughs> What's his accent that's coming out? <laughs> I don't know. It was like sort of, it was like I started with like some, like a stereotypical New York accent, but yeah. like failed on it uh, a little way through. But yeah, people should definitely, definitely watch the sketch. I'll, I'll put a link uh, in the show notes, but I, I did interrupt you talking about that. So if you were sharing more. No, that's pretty much it. And then, uh, yeah, UCV's back. And (laughs) it's nice. uh, I have a team called The Agenda. Um, It's it's formed of all queer improvisers. And I think UCV, I mean, not to get into the weeds of everything, but UCV is doing a really amazing job about sharing stage time with indie teams and, you know, allowing so many people to submit. So The Agenda's got a show coming up. in about two weeks and then we have another one in january hell yeah uh well i'll put a link to that too because I, I saw that pop up so i'll just like link the the show like the ucb ticket page so people can buy some tickets um yeah but that's so exciting um well derek i'm sure we're going to be learning more about you as we go along today but thank you so much for uh for writing your own biography and being you know just so brave to do so i gotta say 10 out of 10 would read again wow thank you so much that's a You're huge compliment welcome. Um, we, uh, are pretty soon going to get into your just general history with video games and find out, you know, um, what, what games have, you know, colored your experience throughout your life. But before we do, would you please introduce the title that you've brought on today to discuss for the main event? Yes. So today we'll be discussing Fable 2. Um, this is part of the Fable trilogy. There is a, supposedly a fourth in development. Yeah. Um, but I've played all of them, um, obviously, Ooh. except for the fourth. Uh, but Fable 2 is the one that really sticks out as kind of a developmental moment in my life that we'll discuss soon. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> and uh, well, I'm, I, I oftentimes uh, share about myself uh, on the show um, when even when I've asked someone else to come on and share about their experience. But I'll just oh, tell you please. that I have played the first first one is one of my. It's in like my top, I don't know, I just did a top 10 list ranking, so I know it's not in my top 10, but it's probably like top 25 favorite games ever the first one is. Really? I, like uh, the sinner that I am, have never played Fable 2, but I have also finished Fable 3 uh, and have that, but um, anyway, so I just- Wow, that's really interesting because, I mean, we'll get into it, but like- Fable Fable 2 is so, so different from the first game. Yes. And then Fable 3 really kind of took those blocks and and built upon it. Uh, So you got both ends of the spectrum with nothing in between. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I got a bread sandwich over here. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to share that and confess my sins up top, uh, because a lot of sinning, sinning talk. Hey, you're forgiven. (laughs) I know. Can we, can we, can I out you as a, um, the the way that you know my brother? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and the, the, it's it's almost like it's it's I'm outing myself by just like talking about like all <laughs> about this stuff. But please, yes, you were my brother's youth leader. Is that correct? Yes, I did a lot. Like growing up, the church that I went to for, I think, 
maybe like eight years or so growing up, maybe like 10 to 18 or so. Uh, I did a lot of like youth group stuff at, and then when I left, when I was, I came back for one summer during college and was like a youth leader assistant for one that's summer, so but that's the summer where I got to know him. Cause I knew his friends, uh, like I knew Tom, yeah. Elijah, Kevin, but I think Brennan was like either, either he wasn't around when I was in high school or I don't just remember, but that's how I got to know him. And he's just like, like that group of guys I really always really liked, but Brennan and I just, we didn't even, we've never even spent that much time with each other, but there's just like, is one of those people that you're like, I could be friends with that person. Yeah, I like yeah. that person. And I would describe us as friends. In fact, I don't know. I saw you at my former workplace, like, I don't know, within the last year. Uh, but then I saw Brennan as well, like a few months ago uh, or so. Well, I texted him and told him that I'm coming on your podcast oh. today. And he said, tell Connor that I drove past him at Trader Joe's the other day. Oh my gosh. What a dream. I got to keep so. my eyes open for him then over there. Um, um, I but that. I think that is, I think I can say that's a testament to the both of you because Brennan, he's my brother, but he's also one of my best friends. And then you, like I said, like we, or like you said, we kind of circled each other for years. Yeah. And then once I met you, and I want to say this up top so it doesn't get lost in the recording later on. You have such a warm, friendly presence. <laughs> you have been so kind to me and my boyfriend, Keith. Like, Keith loves you, even though, you know, you we guys got him, folks, a handful <laughs> of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I, uh, one of the primary reasons I was just so excited to be on this podcast today is just to get a chance to talk with you because it's always like in passing. Yes. Uh, well, that's really nice of you to say. I really appreciate that. And I'll be slipping you a, a George Washington uh, as a thank you uh, over this digital Zoom. We're yeah, talking. I just got a Venmo from you. Yeah, actually requesting money. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's think that's very nice of you to say. And of it's kind of the same thing. And that's one thing that I really have like that has become I, mean, I think it's always been the case, but it's something that I appreciate more and more all the time is that this podcast yes is an opportunity to hear from someone about their you know their video game history but more often than not it's like a chance for me to either connect with someone i don't get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with yeah. or any or it's like reconnecting with an old friend who we haven't maybe been hanging out as much um it's so much fun and that was like that's exactly the reason i was excited to have you on too today it was like it's just a chance to hang for an hour and 15 yeah. minutes or so yeah that's um, smart but uh but thank you so much um and uh and well let's you know we're, we've introduced the game so let's get into your just general history with video games uh sure i would like to know derek do you remember when you first took an interest in games or like played a first game any sort of origin story we have here Mm. So we are talking a lot about my brother. Uh, my brother is yes. a year and a half older than me. We're very close in age. Yes. So I don't feel like there was too much of like, uh, kind of like experiencing video games because my older sibling was playing them. We kind gotcha. of found them at the same time, but we did have vastly different interests oh. and I think still do. Uh -huh. So maybe when my brother was getting into... I just, I remember, I think the first video game that really felt personal to me yeah. that like my brother or my friends weren't particularly interested in was Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Um, and I I am gonna 
date myself here. Uh, <laughs> I was young when I played that game for the first time. It was at a neighbor's house. Oh, and I remember right. I remember going over and playing it every once in a while. And at the beginning of that game, you're just on Destiny Islands. Yes. So I would just run around collecting coconuts or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was the game. Never really progressed in the story until one day I did. And there was a cutscene of Donald Duck and Goofy. And yes. my little mind was blown. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I also was like such a fan of Final Fantasy at the time. It was just the perfect melding of my interests. Oh um, my gosh, that's great. But that was like, that was my intro to like my particular genre of video games. Yes. Role-playing, JRPGs, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy. Um and since then, I'm not really a huge gamer now. Yes. Um, but if I find a game that I really kind of like hits that niche for me, I will obsess over it for months. So oh, that's great. I don't know if that makes me a gamer because it's really in uh in waves. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, so many people have different ways that they interact with games like me it's just a constant part of my life but then someone like you it might be like i don't know it sounds like maybe once or twice a year a big or big one will hit you and you're like oh this is really for me um and then some people don't even like i've had plenty of people on the show who are like i barely even played games but this is meaningful for this reason uh and i don't play games now I, i played a mobile game the other day but so it's it's fun to get different walks of gamers or of, on here. So I guess that does make you one. Thank um, you. I'll take that. I, I mean, I, I said to you uh, before we started recording, uh, my boyfriend, Keith, I would classify as a gamer. He, yes. he knows a lot about video games and the video game industry. So I feel like by being with him and living with him, I've grown in appreciation for modern video games nice. a lot more than I did. Um, because again, I really, <laughs> I really only play like Final Fantasy games. Yeah. And a lot of the time that means like I'm playing a PS1 export <laughs> on like yes. the Xbox 360 or whatever, yeah. you know? So I'm not totally up to date with the latest graphics or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yes, I would say Kingdom Hearts was the intro and then truly fell down that rabbit hole of I played every single kingdom hearts game to completion wow even like the side ones the one the like chain of memories that sort of thing and so here's the thing about kingdom hearts that makes it very unique and um impractical is that every game pretty much requires a new console so (laughs) so i would often purchase or borrow like the nintendo 3ds to play the kingdom hearts game and then try and sell it on eBay or, you know, pass it off to another friend once I had finished the game. Uh, same with the PSP. Mm, the, that's I so mean, funny. The PlayStation 2. I mean, there was like a 12-year gap between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3. Yeah. So once that came out, I think it was on the PS4. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess that I've I've owned every console because of Kingdom Hearts <laughs> at some point wow. in my life. Dang, just chasing that franchise wherever it goes. Yeah, and can I say something? And and I want to share this publicly. Please. I don't know if it's that good. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken truly like a true Kingdom Hearts fan. As someone who's only played 
I probably played about uh, into a few worlds of the first game. I think Tarzan's area was the as far as I I got a couple of years ago. That's a good one. It's it was really great. I just couldn't figure out the like vine swinging area, so I sort of yeah. just like never went back to it. <laughs> um, but what you're saying is what I've heard from so many Kingdom Hearts fans is they're like, I don't even know if it's good, but I do enjoy playing them. Uh, and you're hooked yeah. for whatever reason. Could not explain the story to you if I tried. <laughs> and again, this is coming from someone who spent countless hours in the world. Like I yes. played every game in the series. And that's, I think there's like, I want to say there's like 10 now. Yeah. And the main franchise is Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. So <laughs> that is way too many spinoffs. Gosh. Uh... Um, but that is similar to Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy will have like, Final Fantasy 13 2. It's like yes. the sequel to the 13. Um, and again, like, I don't know what it is. I kind of get lost in these like incomprehensible stories yep. that just are batshit crazy. And, you know, the characters make their anime, anime grunts every yes. five seconds. <laughs> I just love it. It's like that is peak escapism to me. Totally. Whereas, um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. After you, because I, I, I've got my question. Uh, yeah, I just think whereas, like, again, like being with Keith, grown yeah. in appreciation for modern games. And like, of course, I think I can say like, <laughs> of course, I think I can say that The Last of Us is probably like one of the best games of all time. Yeah. But there's something there's just like one day I'll get there. But there's just like a block for me because yes. they're not squealing anime characters yeah it's almost like too it can be like too real yeah uh, in a it's sometimes uh, yeah that's very interesting well what i wanted to ask was do you have if you could pick a favorite e- either kingdom hearts or or and or game in the final fantasy series i'd love to hear that if you happen to know what your faves might be mm, that's a good question i think kingdom hearts 2 i would I would say that's a good, solid game. Cool. Yeah, has a pretty straightforward storyline that then the spinoffs were like, oh, we're going to like deconstruct this thing and yes. flesh out every character's storyline so that like you can't even find your way back. <laughs> um, Kingdom Hearts 2 is really strong. I loved that game. Have a soft spot for that. And then, I mean, Final Fantasy 7. Oh, yeah. I'm playing all of those remakes right now. Ooh, did you play Seven Remake? I did. Yeah, it's oh man, it's one of my favorite games. Yeah, I like I've I've been dabbling with. So this is where I'm going to share about myself. I, I always Please. find a way to do this. Um, I've been playing different Final Fantasies my whole life. The only mainline Final Fantasy that I have actually completed the main story to, like all the way through, is Ten. Uh, I oh, love wow. Ten. Ten yeah. might be my favorite for that reason, but seven I've been familiar with my whole life. I've played all the way up until the big twist in the game, mm-hmm. which I mean, it's one of the. It almost feels cliche not saying what it is because everyone <laughs> probably knows at this point. It's on YouTube. But, yeah, you can find it. Uh, and but that being said, remake, I was completely blown away by. Me too. And I adored it, and I'm so excited for, uh, for not only remake part two allegedly next winter you know it could always get delayed yeah. but i'm excited for in just i mean less than two weeks uh crisis core reunion comes out have you played, oh yeah baby played crisis core have you 
Oh yeah, PSP Ooh. days. <laughs> I'm so excited. I, December 13th. I'm getting you know my the game. date. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so excited for it. Oh, I so I have like a this is really getting in the weeds and, and away from your story as a gamer. That's okay. I'm loving um, it. Uh, but I have this plan like i have a a device that's supposed to arrive to me i say a device like it's like it's some nefarious thing uh like the infinity gauntlet or whatever right (laughs) i have uh, i don't know if are you familiar with the analog pocket do you know what this is at all i don't think so there's there's a great company who makes uh called analog who makes uh product like basically game consoles that can play your retro hardware i think Uh, i know what you're talking about but go on go on so they make so they have like a a a genesis a version of the genesis that you can put your actual genesis cartridges in it it's like pixel perfect on screen hooks up to an hdmi they've got one for the super nintendo but they about a year ago finally started releasing the game boy version of that yeah it plays game boy game boy color and gba games natively and i ordered mine a year ago um and it's supposed to have like I'm, I'm past the point where I can change my uh, shipping details for it, and that was like two weeks ago now. So I, it should be, it, it should ship anytime. Like I have a close friend, Ooh. you know Jeremy Schmidt. I do. Yeah, Jeremy is the producer of this show, as you pro- probably have heard. Uh, yeah. But he, his, we ordered ours on the same day. We're in the same shipping group. He got his like three weeks ago. So I'm just oh, like, wow. is it gonna show up? Uh, but, is this? Does it have like thousands of games like already preloaded? It doesn't. There might be okay. a way where you can sort of hack them on, but okay, okay. I'm I'm interested to like play some of the old cartridges that I have, or like I Seriously. got a game, like I ordered uh, Mother Three off of Etsy, like a fan translation okay. to play. I don't know um, that game. Uh, you said you don't know that game. Yeah, no. Oh man, we gotta should get I look it up. You should. I sh- you should look up. Oh, it's it's part of Earth. You probably heard of Earthbound. Yes, Earthbound I have. is. Or Mother Three is the is the sequel to that. It was on the Game Boy Advance only in Japan. Uh, but oh, anyway, wow. all this to say that if this device doesn't arrive before I do some traveling, starting on the seventeenth, uh, Crisis Core and my Nintendo Switch are going to be like yes. my sort of contingency plan for what I'm going to be playing. Yes, absolutely. That's very exciting, Connor. I will thank be you. thinking about you until thank the seventeenth. Oh, thank um, you. Thanks for letting me uh, uh, just totally talk about myself for five minutes, Connor. This is what I want. I want to hear about your life. We never oh, get man. to catch up. Um, I think I saw that console on the famous news out- outlet TikTok. Um, Probably yes, the famous TikTok's where I get all my news. So I I, I do think I got a targeted ad for that. Um, oh, and now yeah. it will pop up. Oh, after we've talked about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that's really exciting. Yeah, I also will be getting Crisis Core. I do want to say, though, what is amazing about these remakes for the Final Final Fantasy VII franchise, mm-hmm. like um, you, you, you mentioned the twist in Final Fantasy VII, yes. and then the remake that came out last year on the PS4 totally subverted that twist mm-hmm. and i i mean i don't think that's a spoiler but it's like reinventing the franchise in this way that's very meta and contextual and yes. it's so exciting mm-hmm. and so that was remake i think the next one is called rebirth is that, that correct? sounds that sounds right yeah i was trying so, to think of it earlier yeah and crisis core is like reunion or mm-hmm. something uh they are like 
I mean, I think they are also working on like a true, like truly accurate remake of the PS1 Final Fantasy VII as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is very exciting. I think that will also be on the Switch. Um, <sighs> but to to like reinvent the storyline for the fans that grew up with the games, mm-hmm. I just think it's so smart and so inventive. And this is my biasy coming through, but I feel like that's something that like only really happens in like these kooky JRPGs. <laughs> yes, I think that's fair. Uh, and I haven't, well, I haven't seen any, any, anything done in a similar way. I, I'm not a fan. Uh, I just haven't played the Resident Evil series, but I've heard that the Resident Evil remakes, like the Resident Evil 2 remake, does not the same exact way that the FF7 remake sort of basically gave us a chance to this have the story almost be rewritten um but it yeah. does some there's some like self-aware things that are in that game uh that were comparable um yeah. but oh my gosh that is the whole what they're doing with remake i'm also excited about i know there i know there are people who also aren't excited about it but that's not that you can it's fine i'm yeah. but i am and I'm this second one is really where I'm interested to see where it goes because now it feels like it could kind of go anywhere, but yeah, it's, we'll have to keep in touch about this because it's going to be really fun. Please. I also really love that we're trying not to spoil a game that came out in like, I know 1990. (laughs) Yeah. And even the remake's been out for like two and a half years at this point. Uh, But, um, But if you're going in blind, it is a really amazing experience. Absolutely. And I know people who have uh, not played seven and they liked remake a lot. Um, uh, Well, so I'll try to pivot back to you a little bit, a little bit finally. (laughs) uh, And um, ask uh, if you, I got a couple of questions for you about your gaming history. And of course, if there's anything you didn't get to share, you're like, Oh, I want to at any time, please hop in. Um, My first question is, you know, this is going to be interesting based on you saying how much you hopped around for the Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah. Do you have a console that you look back on like the most fondly, like that was your era or your favorite sort of generation? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the PlayStation 2. Nice. Um, which is not, you know, unique, but <laughs> I I I remember getting a uh like a screen that would attach to the PlayStation so oh. you could play it. It would be portable. So Dude. I would take it on like long road trips with my family and just play the PlayStation in the backseat. That is amazing. And I had a similar thing for the GameCube. And when oh, yeah? I finally got that, it made like car rides and stuff so much. I mean, we had we had the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, but like even at the time, the screens were so dark. And if you didn't have a backlight, yeah. which most of them didn't, it was hard to see. So that was... So cool. I'm so glad to hear that like you had a similar thing with but with the PS2. I that's so funny because this is like I'm unlocking a memory, but I do remember playing it in my bed at night with like a little reading book light Uh on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Because it didn't have the LED brightness features yet. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I played I played a lot of Kingdom Hearts. I, I remember vividly this like Again, anime. I played yeah. uh, the Inuyasha, like, it was like a Mortal Kombat fighting game. Oh, interesting. The characters of the show. Uh, wow. Didn't even watch the show at the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. 
there was a lot of that. There was a lot of like just picking things out of Blockbuster and then just kind of like falling in love with games that are based on shows or movies that I wasn't even familiar with. Wow, that's uh, that's fun and sort of. A, I haven't heard a lot of people share that uh, sort of similar thing that you're saying, which is so that's it's just so much fun to hear from you and like what's coloring your experience. Um, uh, okay, so PS2 probably for you. Um, that's awesome. And then yeah, was there anything else about your gaming history you didn't get to share? Because the last thing I want to hear about is like if there's been a game uh, in recent memory that you've enjoyed. Yes. Uh, and again, like I think the pandemic and my boyfriend and I have been together for three and a half years now. So. Congratulations. Thanks. So over those years, I think I definitely have played more video games than I had before the relationship. Yeah. And I say that and like, uh, like, I feel very grateful for that because especially like as a filmmaker and as a writer, like mm-hmm. so many like I've watched, <laughs> I watched him play almost all of The Last of Us 2 yes. <laughs> and have no interest in playing it in it myself. But yeah. the storyline is phenomenal. Um, and yeah, I was kind of searching for my own game to sink hours in during uh, quarantine. And I found Final Fantasy Online, which I had actually tried before. Um, this game came out in, I think, 2010 and was just like a flop it had so many bugs it was i mean it's a mmo so you're and you're talking about 14 yes final fantasy 14 and uh i played it this morning i've i'm i've maxed out my level i've put days and days of (laughs) playtime into it and it's just so fun uh and this will actually kind of tie into my fable discussion. So I'll, I'll hang tight on that. But there's something that I really, really love about MMOs because you can chat and socialize with yes. other players. Um, and Final Fantasy XIV just uh, released this patch a few months ago that kind of like added an end game. So once you finish the main story, you can now have what's called an island sanctuary. Yes, um, I've heard a little bit about this. It's so smart because it's like a whole new game now. It's basically like Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing. Wow. You like harvest crops and catch animals. Gosh. And That's... I, yeah, I thought I was done with the game and now here I am playing What's Sunday was morning. Was there a name for that patch or that update they released? Uh, yes, but I couldn't tell you. It's it's okay. I just, I, I listened to an RPG podcast. I would actually highly recommend it to you since you're such an RPG fan specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's called Acts of the Blood God. Um, Okay. It's a wonderful RPG podcast, um, hosted by Kat Bailey and Nadia Oxford. Kat, uh, they're both games journalists, but Kat is like an editor at IGN and Nadia works all over the place, but they also have like a... They're, they're a podcast I support on Patreon, and yeah. they have a uh, a whole side podcast about their time playing Final Fantasy XIV. And uh, I think it's called, I don't know what this has to do with the game, but it's called the Charlian Dropouts. Is yep. Charlian something from the game? <laughs> yeah, it's a world that you can go to in the game. <laughs> awesome. But <laughs> anyway, would just recommend the base podcast to you in general, but that's where I hear so much about ff14 but i won't under i don't understand any of it but i like to hear them talk about it and being something that i know i'm probably just never gonna devote 
the time needed to especially That's how i felt at PC first player oh yeah. oh and then you, then they got you then it got me that's the thing like once i had the time i was like i guess i'll try it and fully became a part-time job <laughs> yes uh that's so great well all, all i only brought that up just to say like i've heard so much about it but you're the first friend i've had who plays it so that's just fun for me connor i will reel you in i try to recruit everyone to play it's such yes. a fun i actually got my my cousin he's five years younger than me um and he plays and he's oh, like no he's done the whole like you obsess over it for a week and just like max out your characters and and then he'll like take a step away and i like play alone for a few weeks until he <laughs> decides to come back but um it's much more fun with with friends oh i bet i can i bet that's the way to go yeah. uh well derek um is there anything you didn't get to share about your history with games that you're like oh i just i gotta add this bullet point or did you get to do it yeah i think i got to do it okay cool well we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break um but then when we come back We'll talk to you about all things uh, Fable 2, so I will see you on the other side of this break. is jeremy schmidt and i'd like to tell you about my podcast video games a comedy show this is you guessed it a comedy show about video games every episode a panel of video game liking comedians discusses a brand new topic the games they've been playing and best of all the news are there bits arguably way too many if you like to laugh and or like to play video games check out video games a comedy show anywhere podcasts can be found Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, of course, here with Derek Mari to discuss all things Fable 2. Um, Derek, like I was telling you before the show, what I'm going to do first, and feel free to hop in at any time, is I just want to do some uh, table setting for for what Fable 2 is, um, especially being a fan of the whole trilogy, like by all means, uh, jump in or I'll leave space for you to. Otherwise, I'm just going to talk about the game real quick. Cool. This is so exciting. Oh, I'm I'm so I'm I'm excited too. Uh so here we go. Uh Fable 2 is a 2008 action RPG open world video game developed by Lionhead Studios and published by Microsoft Game Studios for the Xbox 360. The game is the second installment in the Fable series and the sequel to 2004's Fable. Um like I was telling you earlier, that's the the one well I've played one and three, but one I've played, I've played several times all the way through. I actually played it as recently as, as last year, right around this time. Wow. Uh, I, I like to go, there's this one retro video game store that I'll, I'll just like conveniently find myself around and <laughs> decide I should check, just see what they've got. Yeah. Um, why not? Yeah. It's a store in Burbank. It's called game realms. And last year, for their Thanksgiving week sale or whatever. They're like Black Friday stuff. Um, one of the games I got, I got, I picked up two games. Uh, Fable 1, uh, The Lost Chapters was available for oh, yeah. the original Xbox. And I have a 360. 
So I bought that and I must have played it again for another like 10 hours. So super familiar with the first, loosely familiar with the third. I don't remember a lot of details about it, but this one is like total mystery to me. Really? Uh, Okay. Okay. in, In ways, there's like things I know about it and I did download it on Game Pass and turned it on this morning, but I only had time to like start trying to get your first five gold pieces to do whatever uh... i did the exact same thing last night i <laughs> no played way. for maybe 20 minutes <laughs> yes that's i was just like oh i want to get a taste yeah I don't, I don't always feel the need or desire but i had a awkward amount of time this morning before so anyway um the story of fable 2 takes place again within the fictional land of albion uh 500 years after the first <laughs> game takes place um, players assume the role of a young hero who is destined to stop a former ruler turned madman from destroying the world. The game c- features several prominent actors portraying major characters in the game, including Zoe Wanamaker, Ron Glass, and Stephen Fry. And the game's setting takes inspiration from the historical late colonial era in terms of architecture, social quality, and basic firearms such as flintlock pistols. It's also the whole series is extremely British. Um, yes. I actually don't even know off the top of my head if, well, I know Peter Molyneux is British, so that should give me enough indication, but if the dev, dev staff is also, but this is probably where outside of like watching the Harry Potter movies growing up, hearing the British accents in these games is like how I like started to copy British accents, I think. Wow. Do you ever find yourself saying stuff in these games or have you? Oh, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Gosh, it's it's hard not to do, especially just a classic chicken chaser. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's the thing about this game. You there are so many people talking all the time, just like civilians out in the streets. When you pass them, they just say a line of dialogue Mm -hmm. and it's usually something absurd, like you just said. Yeah, very funny. Uh, but it, the game uh, also made several improvements over the first game, updating existing gameplay and offering larger locations to explore. And alongside the main story, players can engage in several side quests and repeatable jobs to earn money and rewards, build up a property empire, and customize their character with various uh, styles of clothing, hair, makeup, tattoos, Um and this game, you could also choose to be either a, a start off as a boy or a girl, which was unique. The first game you just like most video games is like you get to be a white man. Enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I mean, this is a choice between a white uh, boy or a girl. But, you know, I guess it's improvement. Um, uh, and there's also like a morality uh, scale in this game, which was a I remember a big thing when I first played it or the yeah. first one, uh, meaning and it'll also not just change your like standing in the world, but like how your character appears physically, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, this this game also it brings in a speaking of Danny, <clears throat> you get a canine companion in this game. Yeah, really started my obsession with wanting to have a dog <laughs> was just having one in Fable. Wow, uh, the Fable to Fable two to owning a dog. Time or, or pipeline timeline. Um, this game was released in October 2008 and achieved critical acclaim. Uh, many citing its adherence to the original, 
while praising the changes that redefine the game system and is, has since been cited as one of the greatest games ever made. The game later received uh, two DLC content packs, which introduced new locations, items, and quests, kind of like the first one did. Uh, and they were released. Um, eventually, there was like a game of the year edition that they released in 2009 mm-hmm. that included all of this. Uh, and it was oh, a- I know. Yeah, you're well aware. Um, <laughs> it was a commercial uh, success. And it says here, I don't know if this is actually accurate, but according to the Wikipedia page, it became the best-selling title on the Xbox 360. Following oh, wow. Release. I, have, I find it hard to believe that it would outsell, like, the Halos. Right, uh, that's what I was going to say. Maybe it was, like, that year was, like, the biggest seller or something. Uh this also said it's cited as one of the greatest games ever made. Um, I would love to see the the source for that. Yeah, can we? We're actually going to fact check that source right there. Um, and of course, we talked about the sequel a little bit, but the Fable Three was released just two years later in 2010. Um, I do um, want to know from you, Derek. Uh, like any any important? Is there any distinctions from one to two? that you want to make as far as like, this is something that it did that was new that we haven't talked about or because I'm so familiar with the first, but I have heard that this is a better game than the first one. Do you feel like that's accurate? Uh, I think so. I think so. There's more freedom to explore the world Mm -hmm. and make decisions that impact the game. Uh, That I think is like the most exciting feature of the game for me Mm. because there are side quests that like, if you decide to help, the bad guys in the town instead of the civilians or whatever then when you visit the town in your next playthrough it'll be like overrun with criminals and oh, interesting and like you'll see the decay of architecture and all that like just mm-hmm. totally destroyed from these people who have uh invaded the town and that's because you decided to help them instead of protect the other uh people interesting i think i mean i haven't i played fable one once and i also want to say fable 2 was my intro to the franchise amazing so i played fable 1 after already completing 2 and wanting to be like you know what started this franchise um so i'm not as familiar with it uh but i do think that kind of like morality uh uh scale was featured or like uh was introduced in fable 2 gotcha okay uh, that may I bet it would be I, I because I know that there was a version of it in the first. I'm wondering if they made like refinements to it for the second game. Yeah, I don't know if morality scale is the best because I do think that has always been a feature of Fable. Yeah. But I think like your morality actually affecting the story of the game. I think they really like doubled down on that in Fable Two. Yes, I don't remember there being a ton that it does outside of just your character in the first game. So that makes yeah. sense. And that's a that's a really great, that's a fun, to me, having not played 2 yet, uh, it sounds like a really fun improvement um, yeah. to, to the game. And it makes it feel more impactful than just like, oh, you do a little side thing, you choose this or that, and then the world doesn't feel any different. But, right. Um, very cool. Well, um, let's get into your history with the game. Uh, and I, and I want to start with, you know hearing about how you even came to play it in the first place yeah so okay it came out in 2008 which is crazy to me um because it doesn't feel that long ago um but i do remember i kind of similarly to kingdom hearts had a friend that had the game and i would 
uh, play it or we would or watch him play it mm-hmm. when I'd visit. And then uh, learned that there was like a co-op feature online on the Xbox 360. Oh. And so this is this ties into my entire uh, evolution of video gaming. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, I played a lot of Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy that were very solo experiences, linear storylines, no open world, um, not co-op. And like I said, very different genre-wise from what my friends were playing. So like my brother and the friends that you mentioned earlier, Tom and Kevin, all of them, they would play like Call of Duty or Modern Warfare online Uh and with the headset and talking (laughs) to each other. And I was always like jealous because I was like, it's so fun to have that social experience with a video game. And I never had that until Fable 2. Um, One of my friends had it. I went and got it. We played online together and then slowly just started recruiting more friends. And then even the, if I remember this correctly, the game had a feature where you could see, it was almost like, because I don't think the technology was advanced enough yet. It wasn't like MMO scale, but you could see the like gamer icons of other players in the world. Oh. So you could go up to them and like chat with them through the headset. Oh, wow. So you could meet total strangers in the game. <laughs> and then I think like invite them to join your party and play co-op. Um, but Fable 2 became like a huge part of my social life oh my <laughs> at gosh. that time. Had a uh, real life and developed internet friends. Um through the game and we just played all the time i i I love this so much i did not expect this to take this turn because i had no idea there was a co-op option for this that is and even though i'm looking at it now and it says there's single player multiplayer but that's amazing of course it sounds like all this happening in modesto california (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly and and i i met someone on the game who was from like merced i think oh no way which was very it's very close to modesto so we were like we should you know meet irl sometime and we just never did we just lived in in a fable world just meeting in albion instead yeah Um, that's so much fun um so uh and i also this is a game i always assumed would have been on the pc because the first game was on the pc but it looks like that this was never released off the 360 um but I love that table setting for um, how you got into this. Now, as far as the game goes, um, whether it would be solo or in, in in the group environment that you remember, what are some th- details about the game you want to share that you remember? Um, I I really just was so attracted to how goofy it was. So goofy, so ridiculous, like and even denial in ways. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> and vulgar. Yes. I was playing. I mean, even just playing last night, like five minutes into the game, the first thing I did was kick some chickens off of like a balcony and <laughs> watch them die. Yeah, and like people in the street below will like scream and run away, and it's. It's so stupid, but it's it's kind of what I was saying about me and the Kyle sketch stuff. Yes. So stupid, but like grounded in this reality that was just like so alluring. And um, yeah, I really think that was kind of like 
what turned me off about video games at the time mm. was how serious and how how self-serious the video game series were mm -hmm. and then fable was like you know a, a british or americanized version of like these silly jrpgs that i was playing and i even just like the aesthetic is so cartoony and mm -hmm. yeah i just fell in love with it i love and, that um, yeah i think it has a lot of the the rpg traits of like you know having a skill tree and having these morality trees and yeah i just i like want to play it now <laughs> that's that's so amazing uh you know to touch on the the goofiness the juvenile nature of this, yeah. of this series like it is also something i really enjoyed and now enjoy for almost like a totally different reason like there's sort of obviously a fondness and a remembrance of like the nostalgia that i have for especially yeah. the first game um but also now it's like having you know being a little older i'm like it cracks me up now how silly it was for it to be in this game right uh, and you were talking about how it, it does it also is vulgar i think in my first five minutes of playing this game um you there's expressions that you have yep. uh, in the series uh whether you want to like be like a proud person or like blow a kiss to someone or or like do a dance but uh the first thing i did i went to the guy who takes the picture yep. at like the thing and i i didn't even look at what the options were i just pressed left on the d-pad and it you fart yep yep so and but i think the icon for that is like two butt cheeks which is really funny right with a green cloud coming yes. out which is so disgusting <laughs> it's so nasty but yeah there's so much of that uh I bet I could just see how that would find its way through other parts of the game too, knowing the first one. And it it was very fun for me growing up. But yeah, the RP you're also talking about like the skill tree and the RPG elements. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear what you thought about like what you enjoyed about that for this game. Because in the first one, that's something I didn't know at the time that I was I mean, I knew I was like making choices that, oh, I'll increase my agility with the experience points I have, or right. I'll learn a new spell. But it it was for me sort of like baby's first skill tree at the time. Really? Um, yeah, that first one. Um, even though I had played RPGs, but I'd be interested to see or to just to hear from you. Like I know some of these details might be a little fuzzy at this point, but uh if you remember like what kind of character you would build or any skills that you remember like in using a lot, because I remember some stuff I would do. Totally. Um I I don't think the skill trees were ever that advanced. Yes. It, it was more just like, you know, once you have enough XP, you can uh, learn a new attack or a new spell. You mm -hmm. could level up your spells. Uh, yes. I remember like if you hold down B, uh, you can, it's kind of like a AOE attack, which means oh. like it attacks all the enemies. And if you hold it down, the radius gets wider. Yes. And that was something that you had to like learn through the game. Um, and uh, I know I've already spoken about morality, but I, I really think, like I said, they doubled down on it in this game because if I remember correctly, you would be able to learn new skills based on where you were on the good or evil scale. Oh, okay. I, if that's not true, 
crucify me but <laughs> please don't um, sir don't do this he's, he's a nice young man with a bright future that was just to be on uh on brand with the sinning and yes the, um, i you're you're really you're you're yes ending really well today <laughs> you're building this world for us um yeah because i i remember like you you had like lightning spells and i, I just remember that being like if you were more on the evil side of things and through these reactions that or expressions that you were talking about like farting or like giving mm-hmm. someone a thumbs up or dancing for them or whatever you could see you could open the npcs like interests oh. and see that like they would react positively to you farting so <laughs> if you do that they would uh you would get some points and you could uh gain followers uh, do you oh, remember yeah. that aspect of There's the game? Like a renown aspect in the first game. So it sounds like it's totally. in this one too. Yes. Uh, and then you can have them physically follow you. And I don't remember what the like the capacity is on the amount of followers, uh-huh. but I remember gathering groups of like 10 <laughs> NPCs and just running around and they'd follow you everywhere. Again, like just in the vein of being so silly and stupid like saying these little pieces of dialogue like that they're in love with you and they're like fawning over you and stuff yes um and and last thing i'll say about that aspect of the game is if you were choosing to be evil which is what i usually did in the game (laughs) you could bring them to like the shadow layer or whatever and uh sacrifice these people <laughs> yes. that had been following you do you remember that I remember, oh i guess it, in I the first was, one there were options yeah. to do evil stuff to people as well yeah. and like you could just totally go down that path if you want yeah and what's interesting i remember this being such like a metaphor for life at the time you know for my small developing brain that yes. it was so easy to be totally like 100 percent evil because mm-hmm. all you had to do was like attack innocence <laughs> yep and then being 100% good took some work and restraint. Yes. And, you know, saying that out loud now, I don't know if that's a philosophy I really live by. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, wow, you got to work hard to to gain people's trust. Totally. You can, it would like, it, I remember the similar thing in the first where like, yeah, you would get more money. You would level up faster because you would get experience for like killing people. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, like not a great example. I mean, it was unfortunately maybe more true to the world than we'd like it to be, but not a not not something you want to live by necessarily. Right. Yeah. And that's another thing is like playing this game as a kid or I guess I was a teenager at the time. Um, I wonder what long term effects it had on my brain chemistry. Yes. <laughs> um. Did they'll, they'll, we'll be uh, discovering this for the years of your life that we still have to develop. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's so funny. Were you, were you going to say something? I had another question for you. No, go ahead and ask a question because um, I could ramble on about the game forever. Okay, cool. Um, I want to hear a little bit about what you would do when you would play co-op with your friend or your friends. Like what sort of things, how would that change how you would play normally? Or like, I guess... In the single player mode, were you still doing like quests together? I'm just, I'd like to hear about that. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, the Fable 2 co op was pretty limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like one person would join your game. And I just remember the 
camera like you have to stay within the frame of each other weird so the camera was just a nightmare because it never knew who to follow and follow if if you just kept running the other person would kind of be dragged along by like the frame (laughs) (laughs) um so i think like the primary thing was just playing like the main story quests yeah but i mean in fable 3 I think they recognized that a lot of people were, at least I think a lot of people were trying to play co-op and they really like expanded on that and made it more of like an open world. Like you could go and do your own thing and run into each other in the co-op. So I definitely did more co-op in Fable 3 because that came out around the same time that I was obsessed with Fable 2. So we just like gradually moved on to that. Um but yeah, I also, I remember you could get married to each other. My friend and yes. I were married. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Still going strong. Oh, um, congrats. Thank you so much. Um, I, I At least I assume we're still married in the game. You're like, uh, honey, I've got a whole other family to tell you about. <laughs> yeah, you and could do that too. Yeah, that's yeah. that's so fun. So, okay, I was just sort of curious as to like what, what you got up to and what the capabilities were of this of uh the co-op version and funny i like i told you i played three i didn't even know that was an option in fable three either that's so funny i think fable two for me the social aspect was more just having a headset and a microphone and i even bought the little keyboard that attaches to the xbox controller really so you could like text each other or Mm -hmm. text other people in the game that hadn't like said yes to a voice chat yet um and that was really i mean i i don't even do that now but that was really new for me at the time was that a little attachment that went on the bottom of the controller yeah uh that's cool i never had one of those but uh it's also just so reminiscent of that early texting when you were actually pressing buttons and stuff yeah it was the exact same size as my uh matrix flip phone (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) so it it just felt very natural to my 14 year old fingers that's so good um well so now i want to get into a little bit about i mean you've started to tell me a little bit about like who you would play this with and and whatnot i'd love to hear a little more about the context of uh of like your life or like or the setting of when you played this so i want to actually start with um can you do a little scene painting for me for like what room you would have had your 360 set up in and where you were playing wow 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 this is so exciting okay listeners close your eyes i'm gonna take you back (laughs) come with us on a journey (laughs) 2009 imagine me actually i might send you a photo to share because please do (laughs) it kind of requires photo evidence (laughs) long uh scene kid hair yeah half of it bleached blonde baby (laughs) Um, oftentimes wearing puka shells. Nice. <laughs> and occasionally like a band tee from Hot Topic for like a band that I had listened to because I wanted the t-shirt. Amazing. And I'm sure I know the literal Hot Topic you would have been going to. Yes. Oh my, that's so. Mall, baby. Yeah, baby. I almost mentioned that earlier when I was talking about Blockbuster. You and I probably went to the same Hollywood video or Blockbuster. Because they were both on McHenry, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Oh yeah. my gosh. Cause the blockbuster is actually fairly close to where my parents live. They oh, like yeah? in that, like, uh, like Roosevelt and Slin neighborhood, but, uh, the Hollywood video was way out by, uh, what was that? What's that street that like leads to buyer? Um, Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, huh. what's that street that it's on? It's either coffee or the other one, the one that goes like East West, uh, whatever it is. Say it again. Oakdale. I'm thinking of the one that would be perpendicular to those, uh, that would cross McHenry. Sylvan. <laughs> I think maybe it's it might be Sylvan. Thank you. Well, oh, you know, gosh. here's the thing. Every time, you know, I lived in Modesto for 18 years of my life. <laughs> Look at us. Same same exact thing. That's the great. thing is, every time I go home, mm-hmm. I need to use GPS to like get to my dad's office where he's worked for 25 years, you know? <laughs> Like, and he gets so mad that I just like cannot remember directions or street names or anything. Um, I, yeah, it's something that just like left me the second I left yes. Modesto. Well, sorry to, sorry to make you try to help me with that. But uh, anyway, the the Hollywood video would have been out. It was like on that corner of McHenry and Sylvan. I'm pretty yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. That was closed. That, that closed early. And then, but it's so funny that, cause you're at least six years younger than me. I'm pretty sure. So the fact that you would remember that old relic is amazing, but yeah, um, love that place. But uh, sorry, it totally interrupted your scene painting. No, actually, that's that's a uh, great details because I uh, would play this game in our bonus room, which was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> which is also like so early two thousands to is. have a bonus room. <laughs> yeah, uh, just these like orange and yellow painted walls and like. <laughs> fun little decorations of like you know characters of my brother and i from disneyland framed on the wall stuff like that our gamecube our playstation um and then had a a shelf full of our games and a lot of hollywood video games because once they closed they were just like everything's for sale so oh my gosh for like two dollars you know so a lot of my games still had the hollywood video stickers on them wow um, but yeah, I would play in this like gaming chair close to the television, headset on, um, with a couple of my friends. And yeah, I'll have to send you a photo because it's truly like it's a whole other person. Actually, would... let me show you one really quickly because oh, please, because a friend sent it to me last night, so it's very recent in my photo history. But uh, here's there's that. <laughs> Okay, that's an all-timer already. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and that's as you incredible. can see, that is the caller ID on my friend's phone when, when I call her. <laughs> um, yeah, listeners, it's a shoulder-length hair, truly half of it. She looks so on. young in that photo, like just I know. A, a child. In yeah, that. I was. But you know what? I thought I was so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um uh, and thank you for doing a little scene painting. Um, now, yeah. th- now that we've done that, is there is there anything else about like what you maybe would have either within the context of, um, you know, playing the game or your life outside of that that you want to talk about during this time? I definitely think you know, and this is just in retrospect. I don't think I really realized it at the time, mm-hmm. and it may be silly to say, 
but I think it the game and this like social experience of playing the game really helped my confidence at the time because yeah I think so because I again like I felt so embarrassed about the games that I found fun like I didn't tell anyone necessarily like again everyone was playing Call of Duty and I was like playing Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep or whatever (laughs) um (laughs) and when I found a group of friends who all loved Fable and we would play together it kind of became like almost like we were just more open about it I remember Fable 3 was on the horizon and we would like find there's a photo that I remember with this blonde hair, me holding like a magazine with Fable 3 on the cover because I was so excited oh, about it so coming sweet. out and posted that. So, you know, MySpace or whatever yeah. and just outing myself as a gamer, I yes. guess. And um, yeah, just like really being like unabashedly like excited about a video game. And uh, I mean, also, I don't know if this was worth mentioning, but I was also like closeted at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was like very kind of insecure about who I was in the world. And this was not only like a way to play with friends, but to uh, make new friends just like based on a mutual interest. Yeah. And maybe not worry about any of like, I don't know, you know, because I obviously can't speak for your experience, but like there's you're maybe not worried about it you're just like we're connecting on this right. uh on this mutual interest and that's enough maybe yes. if that if that's a fair way to sort of try totally. to describe what i think you're feeling we're feeling no 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 that's totally yeah. right cuz i i mean i know that sounds like a kind of like a tangential piece of information but it was like how i operated in the world like whether yeah. i'm coming off as straight enough or cool enough or whatever mm-hmm. and then playing a video game where you can only hear each other i was like oh none of that matters and we're just gonna run around farting and kicking chickens the way we were meant to live (laughs) uh that that you know that does make a lot of sense too and even just talking about you know your experience as a gamer and just like not sure whether or not it was something you wanted people to know about like um um that's just so interesting because especially during that era, like you were talking about, people were playing Call of Duty. Games were very self-serious at the time. And, you know, they still can be. But we're living in a time now where games are just like this comes up a lot. The games are just ubiquitous with culture now. Yeah. And they're so huge. It's perfectly like a lot. There's a lot less. There's still judgment, but there's a lot less judgment uh, that used to be levied towards gaming and people who play games so totally um you know and yeah especially as like you know a young boy for like growing up and going through adolescence like yeah especially especially the 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 example you chose kingdom heart not just kingdom hearts but kingdom hearts birth by sleep a game you would get you would definitely today get teased for playing in a gaming community that's like friendly like in probably like in a friendly way but yeah, still, it's so like, ridiculous. you're playing that one. Uh, <laughs> so that anyway, I just sort of rambled for a bit, but I totally understand that. And that that makes a lot of sense because I remember similar things growing up of just like, you know, of, you know, games weren't cool or like people would make fun of you depending on what console you had. Like, oh, you got the yeah. Nintendo stuff, like especially around the GameCube era was just like so like 
toxic and, yeah. and like overly masculine when it's now it's like just like what you like and it's okay but not if it's call of duty if it's call of duty it's not okay i'll tell you that right now <laughs> you um, know what actually i'm gonna come out and say i've been playing a lot of call of duty lately <laughs> well there i am putting my freaking foot in my mouth uh um, I... hey, look you can you can like all sorts of stuff <laughs> Only zombies, though. Uh, Keith cool. and I have been playing a lot of Black Ops zombies. Oh, that's fun. I had some uh, college roommates who went through a big zombies, uh, well, Black Ops zombies phase. Uh, yeah. So I remember seeing them play on their 360. Um, that's a that's so much fun. Um, was there I've got like one. I'll have one final question for you about your experience with, you know, playing Fable. Is there any anything else that you want to um reminisce or say about the game or your experience with it whether it's a detail or like a memory you have that you just you're like i've got to share this before we actually close um you know i wish there was <laughs> that is to- totally fine um i think that's about everything dude that's that's gold this has been me. a really fun trip down memory lane like like i said a lot of these memories were coming to me in the moment because preparing for this episode i was like again i played like 15 minutes of the game last night and i was like i know that i spent years of my adolescence like obsessing over this game but it feels feels both like yesterday and also very distant in terms of like i can't recall like the actual story of the game all of that but once we just started unpacking it yeah i'm right there in my bonus room with that bleach blonde hair baby (laughs) just back for back where you belong uh (laughs) I I love that and th- and I'm so glad because that's that's that is this thing that also sort of I mean people who've listened to the show for a while or listen regularly will know like the sort of at this point tropes of the show or the things that frequently come up or the stuff that like I could have a whole segment on memories unlocked that I've unlocked yeah. for people because of well, that I've unlocked that the discussion is unlocked because of what we talked about and recently I I'm struggling to think of what episode it was but we had a moment where someone unlocked a memory for me um which was just sort of a fun role reversal but yeah i love to hear that and um and yeah if that's all you had to say about uh fable 2 um i've got some fun post-show segments for you cool let's do it i'm excited well and just in general thank you for sharing about you know your experience and uh and your time with that game. That was really fun for me. Um, of course. The, f- the first of these two post-show segments is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. Now, this is just <laughs> where I'm going to share some fun facts with you, my guest, about the game you brought on today. Um, in this segment, uh, you know, there can be anything from Easter eggs to development history to uh, anything, any details about the game, really. Um, cool. I have two facts for you today about uh, the one is development history. Another is just like a big rumor about a part of the game. But uh, this is from a YouTube channel called uh, Skyrion. Uh, it's S-K-Y-R-I-O-N-N. Um, made a great video that was like 10 interesting facts about Fable 2. Um, the first one I have is some development history, and I have it titled Missing Cemetery. Now, in mm. the game, uh, apparently the level designers had a, had a fully created version of the Bowerstone Cemetery, Bowerstone being one of the big uh, towns in the game, which is also in the first one. Um, but near the end of the development, right before launch, someone accidentally had, I guess, turned on a wrong layer in the like model of this, uh, of this area. 
And instead of it being in the winter, it was suddenly in like the summer or something when it wasn't supposed to be, um, uh, which was in contrast to the surrounding area. And I guess the production team were so concerned with trying to fix that they were concerned that if they allowed the developers to try to fix this part, this small part of the game, which I guess was like flipping a switch, that it would create more and more fixes that they just didn't have time for before Mm -hmm. releasing the game. So instead of letting them do that, they just like scrapped this like area of Bower Stone, the cemetery entirely, um, which is just a strange. I just thought it was a strange uh, thing. I'm sure you're familiar with Bower Stone at the very least. Yes, yes, yes. That is very interesting. I do remember finding bugs in the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was really fun. I can't remember exactly, but I remember one of them just being like this haunting, like liminal space where there was just like NPCs kind of in T pose. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Uh, that is that's wild. Uh, um, the second fact I have for you, I have titled, and I can only say it this way. Legally, I can't say it another way. Sister, sister. Um, (laughs) during your visit, you know, if I said it just the words consecutively, I think I'd go to jail. Um, during your visit to the shadow court, uh, there's like three, these three judges that, um, I don't, I can't tell you what they're doing in the game, but they seem to, it's a court and there's judges. Um, there's a central judge in between the three of them that has a very similar character model to Teresa, um, who in the first game is the main, is the protagonist's sister who is eventually, kidnapped i think she's blinded and she becomes sort of like a fortune teller seer sort of person um and she she's in this game at some point right yeah she's kind of like the leader like she recruits you one minute into the game interesting and i think she's actually like at the i did notice her at the very beginning and was like i know who that is yeah um but uh uh so the middle character model of the shadow court is like a transparent looking uh a dark hooded uh teresa um this is uh led to i guess loads of fan speculation around what the meaning of it is and apparently shadow the shadow court in the game is the same location that where the player meets teresa in fable one so wherever Whoa. that because i remember it's like the little farm town you grow up in i don't know if the shadow court was like built on that space in the geographic space of this game but there's just some interesting, like, that's more of, like, speculation. Like, what does this mean? But um, she's a pretty, like, amazing presence in in these games. Um, yeah. I love the voice actor. I don't know. I don't know who it is off the top of my head. But even just playing the game last night and hearing her voice, it yes. just took me back. I think, I think it might, the Teresa might be voiced. I'm going to try to scroll through really quick. Sure. I think Teresa might be voiced by a. Uh, by Zoe Wanamaker, who is um, who also plays Madame Hooch in uh, in fact, I think that is cur- yes. Uh, come on, Connor, can I can I scroll through this fast <laughs> enough to see? Uh, anyway, if it's the same person, she plays Madame Hooch in the Harry Potter movies, the the like Quidditch instructor. I think she's only in the first. Oh one. my gosh! Oh, totally. Now that you say that, yes, that is her. You can like hear her lines of dialogue. Yes, that is so um, cool. It's so funny. 
Um, but anyway, that'll do it for the Fact Me By Your Game segment, and I'll lead you into the final one, uh, the game recommendations. Uh, now, this is my one forced tie into the movie, Call Me By Your Name, where I am <laughs> going to treat uh, Fable 2 as your passionate summer love in Italy that you're eventually going to move on from. Um, Sad. So, dev- just brutal, devastating. These recommendations I have for you are uh, based on some similarities that all these games might have like a similarity with fable two because they're a little familiarity it's it's nice uh when you know getting out there again so um i've got three for you today the first of which which now i'm i'm just i'll just say it and then i'll I, my brain is moving in too many different ways okay if, just know i will judge you <laughs> oh gosh um <laughs> if you like you know your morality and purity scale of this game but instead of uh, this sort of like colonial medieval era, you'd rather uh, it be sci-fi. I'll go ahead and recommend uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Do you know this game? Whoa, that is one of Brennan's all-time favorite games. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't played it though. It's, you know, it's an RPG. Have you played the Mass Effect series at all? Okay, I actually thought you were going to say Mass Effect right now when you were talking about this. Um, That's another thing I've never played, but people say I should. Yes, same same developer, very similarly built games. I've played the first Mass Effect, and it's fantastic. So <laughs> honestly, play whichever one you want to do first, whether it's Mass Effect or uh, Knights of the Old Republic. But um, I think there's some things you would like about it, especially being an RPG fan. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. The, the second recommendation for you is if, you know, you want your Victorian sort of colonial action RPG but, uh, you know, with guns, swords, all that sort of stuff. But you want it to be far more brutal and punishing. I'll recommend Bloodborne, uh, which is a From Software game that's extremely difficult, but is uh, really well-renowned. It's, like, also considered one of the greatest games ever. Um, it's just really hard, and it's in this similar sort of setting to Facebook. Is that one of those games? <laughs> is that one of those games that is really hard? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, it's one I, of those. I hear, like, if you die, you lose everything and start from the beginning. Uh, you don't I don't think you start from the beginning, but it, like you do you can lose stuff in some of these games. I've tried one game from this developer and it I after two hours was just like, I'm not making any progress. This isn't for me. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. So if you want to take the fun, very fairly accessible fable too and turn it into something not accessible <laughs> and brutal, I'll go ahead and recommend Bloodborne. And then lastly, um, it must be noted that the composer for the music of this game and the first one and maybe the third is a famous composer, Danny Elfman. So if your one requirement, Derek, is the next game you play has got to have the music done by Danny Elfman, then I'll go ahead and recommend The Simpsons Hit and Run uh, for the for the no. same <laughs> era of game PlayStation 2 and GameCube and the Xbox. Wow. Wait, is it available? Like, do they have it on Game Pass or anything? I don't know if it's on Game Pass, uh, but I that's actually a really good question. Uh, I don't know if it is, but it's a great it's sort of like Grand Theft Auto, but The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Used to play that on the PS2 for sure. Oh, or GameCube, really? rather. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. That but... is such a fun recommendation. <laughs> Thank you. I always try to have the third one be silly or ridiculous or like, how did you tie those together? Uh, <laughs> so your three recommendations for today are Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, Bloodborne, and The Simpsons. 
hit and run. And that'll do it for the game recommendations. And that'll actually bring us to the end of the show. So before we go and uh, we plug everything, anything we want today on the way out, uh, Derek, thank you so much for coming. This was so much fun to, you know, not only hear from you about your experience with games and this game today, but just get, getting a chance to hang out. It was really fun. Yeah, this was very fun. Thanks for having me. I got my feet up. I got my sweats on. Oh, yeah. We're just hanging. <laughs> We're just a couple of cozy buds. Um, <laughs> absolutely. I'm so glad you could do it. Um, well, on our way out, I know you plugged some stuff up top, but if you want to replug anything you want people to give their attention to, um, please do, and I'll put it in the show notes. Sure. Um, I don't know. I'm on social media at at director Derek. Um, Derek is D-R-E-K. That has been my username since a teen. That was my gamer tag on Xbox, or still is, I guess. I love that detail. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, all director Derek. Um, My sketches, Fancy Hat, Missing Sun, Grandma's Chandelier. Those are the two that I did with Kyle Kasabian this year. Those are on Vimeo, director Derek, or Derek Mari. Um, and then, yeah, the agenda we, we have, well, I, I'm not sure when this episode comes out, but I know that we are playing, uh, at UCB Franklin on the 18th of December. And Ooh. then again, on January 24th, this will come out before that. Uh, so cool. to, to give this a timestamp, this is not this Wednesday, but the following. So it'll be like right before the show, I think. Perfect. Yeah. Sunday, awesome. December 18th. Come on out killer well i'll put a link to your socials the your vimeo and then also the the show page for the upcoming uh agenda shows at ucb um but uh yeah i'll go ahead and close this out with some plugs of my own please Um, the show art for call me by your game is done by glenn j you can find him and his other great work on instagram at glenn with two n's dot j a y the show is produced by the great jeremy schmidt he also edits it and if you want to give him a little thank you for his hard work you should check out his podcast also on this network video games a comedy show uh pretty soon here we're going to have our two-part game of the year episodes uh that are the most chaotic insane and fun things we do pretty much um so check it out if you're listening you know, when this episode comes out, we just did, we do these fun console drafts about four times a year where it's sort of like fantasy football meets a desert Island scenario. And we <laughs> will have just done an episode on Nintendo's uh, biggest failure, the Wii U. Um, so check that out. Um, I'm on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. Uh, and you can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool. 69. And that's C O N Z. Uh, and then, uh, two things is one thank you to everyone who supports us on patreon uh, it means the world and if you also want to support us on patreon which guess what you absolutely can folks we're over at patreon.com slash super npc radio and it's not just you know throwing us some bones because you like us but you could do that uh, we have truly an i don't it would take you months to get through the bonus podcast that we have on the network we have a weekly show at every tier super npcs hosted by myself and jeremy um three out of four times a month and then once by the reactivators nick costanza and tyler schnupp uh that we just recently did our top nine favorite games not from 2022 so our favorite games we played this year that weren't from this year (laughs) you also get the games club series that i talked about earlier we've got four series on there now donkey kong metal gear solid the legend of zelda and resident evil 
And then every month you get a bonus version of this show, the co-op series, where I sit down with a group of people and talk to them about a meaningful game to the group of us. We recently did one on The Last Guardian, which is actually available entirely for free in this feed. So the previous episode, you can listen to that and see what those episodes are like. I, if you like you know, me, the conversation Derek and I had today, you're going to love this. It's the same thing, but blown out a little bit. Um, and then for December, we have our God of War Ragnarok discussion coming uh, also at the $10 DJ Toad tier on that for that podcast. So yeah, if you want to support us, there's a ton of great bonus stuff there. I probably pitched it a little long this time, but anyway, we're at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. That'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game, and we will see you on the next one.